Welcome back to Energy Sport, everybody. Uh, my name is Langs McGregor. I'm hosting yet again, uh, joined by another three people again, uh, third year students once more. Tommy is uh, back to join us again. Tommy, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Yeah, not doing too bad. Good weekend for, for the Amber Machine, so we'll get into talk about that as well. Kyle also returning to join us again. Hello, hello. I'm doing all well. Doing all well. He's not very talkative, just straight away. Just uh, listen, it's just we're in a different environment. It's just we it's getting a wee. It's getting used to it. Yeah, and we're also joined by Calm Watt. Calm, um, this is your first one of the season. Uh, excited for your debut? Uh, yeah, good to be back on it. I've not done one since it was back online, so I'm making up for missing my radio show tomorrow. Oh, why, why is that? <laughs> Controversy. Final Hibs home game in the season. Pub calls. Pub calls. <laughs> oh. Well, that is the kind of commitment that you don't see uh, on you know, energy sport here. This is why we're, you know, pulling out all the stops to make sure we have an episode here. And, you know, it's a very good week of Scottish football action that we've got to talk about. Um, the weekend of bonfire night, a very explosive night, uh, a very explosive oh weekend. God. You can roll that one down. So, you know, last week I asked you guys about, you know, it was Halloween, obviously, the theme was the kind of scary players. Is there anything, you know, any kind of like antics or that in Scottish football or that use of experience that could be described as explosive for that? It could be a player's performance, it could be outbursts, it could be anything. Anything comes to mind, Kyle? Explosive. Ooh. Alan McGregor. Uh, Explosive. He he is the (laughs) definition of explosive. That guy is definitely going to have an aneurysm. Yeah, I, I saw a tweet, I saw a tweet earlier that said he's going to be the first guy that is going to die from just exploding internally. And I can, I can totally see it. That Him the other day, you saw it when he was trying to get that goal kick going. He was looked like he was going to actually go mental about not being able to kick the ball. So he just has to relax. He just wants to kick the ball I know. so hard. He just wants to like, relax. That's, that's all he wants to do in life. He's just got a free spirit. He just wants to boot the ball up as far <laughs> as the bitch as he can. What about yourself, Calum? Any comments to mind? I was going to say Alan McGregor as well, but I'll go a different way. I'll say Martin Boyle's explosive pace. Mm. Ooh, there you go. Is that the same explosive pace he executes when he dives all the time? Sadly, the pace yes. which he dives on. He yeah. needs to cut that out, I'll agree, but <laughs> yeah. You, aye, when he's using it for good down that wing, unbeatable. And Tommy, anything else? I was also going to go Alan McGregor, but I'm going to stick to kind of the Rangers theme here. I'm going to go the fans' explosive outburst <laughs> towards James Tavernier after the game. Uh, pretty sure Tavernier had no clue what the guy was saying. <laughs> <laughs> I was struggling to make it out as well but I think he was saying something along the lines of don't just go down the tunnel come and clap the fans um, ah, he was saying that Cholak yeah. Chol- gets it and all this yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen a yeah. picture of a few other fans shouting at Cholak as well so I don't know yeah, apparently uh, Cholak got dogs abuse for going over and clapping the fans right. and he was the one getting abused Cholak yeah. so, yeah. can't please he everyone. gave his shirt to like some kid and then like the two guys next to the wee kid you can see are just proper giving him a mouth yeah so. There's no winning. There's no winning with them. Yeah, exactly. So it's like second half a dozen for most a of them. A bunch of angry bears. A bunch of angry, ravenous bears, yeah. yeah. Um, for me as well, uh, I guess the best one I can think of that comes to mind is the best example was during the COVID season when uh, Livingston, I think, were playing. can't remember where they are playing. But it was when we had J. Emmanuel Thomas on. And, mm. you know, obviously with no crowds in the stadiums and all of that, the cameras can pick up everything. David Martindale was the biggest victim of that. And there was one game in particular where he got a wee bit fed up of J. Emmanuel Thomas's lack of effort. And you could hear clear as day, run, you big lazy bastard. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, I don't think that was the only example of that. So I think that's one Can of I the- mention my J. Emmanuel Thomas story as well, actually? Because it it's, ties in perfectly. I was at a Livy game during COVID mm-hmm. working. And it was the game that Jet scored. I think it was maybe actually against Aberdeen. I could be wrong. Where he'd done a sort of swivel volley. Oh, against Hamilton. Against yeah. Hamilton. And he like, comes into his feet. 
and he chips it up and fucking one eighties volleys at top corner yeah. and stuff like that gets me really excited and you can hear it on I can find the Twitter video for you it's on the Levy Twitter you can see the goal you can and it hits the net and because there's no fans you hear one noise and it's me you can hear me in the background go. <laughs> like it is unbelievable and you can hear it Christmas day Ap- apologies to anybody who's listening whose mum's now questioning <laughs> what they're watching or listening to um, but yeah okay, I'm glad to hear you're getting such yeah, satisfaction I just, I just like that goal uh, one of my favourites <laughs> I mean top top effort there but you know obviously we talked about you know the kind of the weekend's action there and you've, we've already kind of t- uh, touched on the Rangers game just there so I think that's probably the best place for us to start off with um, you know 2-1 loss against St Johnston the pressure just continues to build up on Giovanni Van Bronckhorst. Um, goals from James Brown and Nicky Clark uh, cancel out James Tavenier's you know, consolation in the end. Um, and it's another terrible performance in all honesty, Tommy, isn't it, from Rangers? Yeah, it is. Um, from what I heard, Rangers actually started the game pretty well. Like, first 20 minutes, they were at pile on the pressure on St Johnston. Uh, but yeah, I've, I mean, that Lundstrom's, uh, for anyone that's seen it, Lundstrom's lack of effort you know he's meant to be one of their senior players as well, and he kind of just gives gives the ball away and decides, oh, I don't want to track back. Um, kind of encapsulates everything that's going on with Rangers at the moment. Uh, don't know if the players are necessarily playing for the manager anymore. Uh, I was going to say that. I was like, is that example of you know the Lundstrom thing is it's it's quite baffling because he is just sort of carrying the ball. There's no pressure on him whatsoever, and. As soon as somebody, you know, I don't even think, I believe it might be like Adam Montgomery, he's just sort of slightly jockeys him, he doesn't really make a challenge or anything, and within that lunchroom just sort of just crumbles, like does that just show you that, you know, the players aren't fighting for this manager anymore? Yeah, I think so, um, it's weird as well, because last week against Aberdeen they were actually really good, and it looked like they could kind of kick on from that, maybe that could be like a little bit of a turning point, but no, uh, yeah you're right, he didn't even get tackled, I think he just, it was a heavy touch. And he just couldn't be bored getting it back. <laughs> and he kind of just stormed off. like, oh. um, So that kind of sums up at the moment. But yeah, another poor result for Rangers and can't really see Gio surviving this one, to be yeah. honest. I mean, they went down, you know, 1-0 yet again. I think that's happened, you know, most weeks went 1-0 down against Aberdeen. They ended up calling it back. 1-0 down against Livingston. Um, obviously, the Champions League stuff, they've went and had some heavy defeats as well. So... I think the thing for fans was is that you know the results for the most part in the league were still coming through even though the performances weren't. Callum, now you know we're seeing that the results aren't coming through as well. Does that just make it even more adds even more pressure to Gio and you know will be even more surprising if he remains in the job now? I think so. Yeah, um, I had said yesterday or thought yesterday that he would have been gone by now. I thought there would have been an announcement this morning, but. So far, he's uh, still got the job, which is surprising, um, but I think it's just a matter of time. They'll probably just be trying to line someone up first. Um, and yeah, I think an increasing number of fans, I don't know many Rangers fans, but I'm assuming will be turning on Geo just now, just because the gap, what's the gap already? It's like seven points. Seven I mean, points they're, they're already. They're closer to Aberdeen in third than they are to Celtic in first, which is unacceptable Alarm, in all yeah, honesty. For the, um, alarming for the fans, so. Um, yeah, I think it'll be surprising if he stays any any much longer. To be fair, do you think this is kind of the issue, Kyle? Is that you know you're looking at you know the potential replacements for Rangers, and there's not really anybody kind of screaming out at you just yet. Is that going to be an issue for Rangers coming into it, especially with you know you look at the squad? You know you've got 
you know, like Davis, McGregor, Arfield, who are, you know, signed one con- one year contract extensions, they're coming to the end of their career. The likes of Kent and Morelos, their contracts are expiring. Is there is Rangers that much of a glamorous club now where, you know, it is a complete rebuild job that somebody's going to have to come in? Will that maybe put off some people, you know, from coming there? Whereas, you know, they're in a much better position with Van Bronckhorst coming in, with, you know, Gerrard coming off the back of the league title? I think there's a lack of managers out there. I think that would be a problem. But I think you're probably more worried about Rangers actually appointing the right guy. I think that would be something at the top of everyone's minds, and especially Rangers fans' minds, is can the board actually appoint a good manager? I don't think... I have much trust in them. They don't really tend to make the right decisions along the way anyway with player sort of getting rid of players. They don't move players on. They don't really bring the right players in. Could they go out and get that right manager? Was Van Bronckhorst the right manager in the first place would maybe be a question as well. Obviously, he had the Europa League final last year, which maybe masked over some problems. He had an amazing, amazing run in Europe. I say it masked over problems. I mean, it's it's unbelievable what they've done. But I think... I can see Van Bronckhorst, he's, uh, he's got Hearts on Wednesday, and then um, I'm not sure who they've got the weekend, but those will be the last two games. I can see next Monday morning having the announcement that he has been let go, and I can see a manager coming in and getting that month from the World Cup break, coming in and actually getting a month with the team to set up, get his ideas going. But yeah, I think you're right, I think it makes it much harder. It's maybe not as big a job as somebody would have wanted maybe earlier on if they'd got into the Europa League through the Champions League third place, they maybe would have been a bit more glamorous. Um, but I, I can't imagine who they're going to get, to be honest. And I don't think the Rangers board would probably make the right decision either. I'd say that the league titles are right off this season already. So, I don't know. I think it's maybe about building, and as I said last week as well, about moving a lot of players on as well. I think that's what the interesting thing for it is, is just that, you know, you look at the board and, you know, Getting to the Europa League final last season, and then you know you've sold the likes of Bassi and that for such amount of money. I don't think Rangers fans are going to be content with you know if Van Bronckhorst goes and that's the only change of action that happens there. I don't think they're going to be impressed with that. I think if anything, you know they would probably rather take Van Bronckhorst staying, and there is more movement in the backroom staff and you know kind of repairing that kind of side of the game. Um, because you know Van Bronckhorst you don't get to a European final with a squad like that and not be a good manager of course yeah. um, the replacements and that the recruitment's been you know pretty terrible uh, I guess with modern football you don't really know who's making all these decisions it's not like back in the day where you know like the manager's got the final say on transfers and whatnot. like was Van Bronckhorst the one who wanted to pay what 2.5 million for the boy Matondo certainly hope not and if that is the case then yeah he deserves his jotters um, as soon as possible but yeah, another bad result for Rangers. Um, you know, the league title, you know, I think you won't find many people saying that there's going to be much of a title race on. But again, we talked about this last week where there's, you know, there's three old firm games left to go. So that could make all the difference. But I guess we've got to do our do our job here and give some great credit to St. Johnston. I don't think many of us have been massively impressed with them so far this season, other than, in all honesty, the two old firm games and, you know, winning 2-1 away, uh, 2-1 at home to Rangers. You know, I watched the kind of got like the second half of it. Rangers were just frustrated and just couldn't really create an awful lot. St Johnston were just heroically defending as all teams, you know, try to do against these teams, eh, like Celtic and Rangers. But, you know, Nicky Clark, for example, as well, you know, a player who's probably coming to the end, near the end of his career, deemed not good enough for Dundee United, just came in here and put in a man-of-the-match performance against his old club. So, yeah, fair play to St Johnston. Do you, do you start to see that now? I think St Johnston moved up to... Did they move into the top six with that victory? Um, I think I, so. They're sixth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so you're now talking about, you know, 
I think at the start of the season, people were pinning them for being, you know, towards the bottom. Is that them starting to move away and, you know, becoming more of a mid-table side than somebody who's going to be floating around the relegation zone? Possibly. It's quite cramped, though, in that sort of mi- middle section. I think it's quite easy to go from 6th to 10th all of a sudden. So mm-hmm. I think it just sort of depends what the next few fixtures will bring them. But, um, yeah, it's, it's a good, little bit of a gap between... Ross County, who are we into, what, 12 points? Ross St. County to 12, yeah. 20, I'm guessing. Uh, St. Johnson, 19. 19, 19. yeah. So, so Livy and 8th have 19, and then there's only three points difference between 8th and 3rd. Yeah, Aberdeen yeah. on 22. So. That, that middle section's very congested, so I, I don't think St. Johnson are going to go down, to be honest, now from this what we've seen the last few weeks, but I think it, it's not going to be an easy ride. I can see them sort of jumping between 6 and 10, 6 and 10, something like that, along all the next few weeks. I think that's what's going to be so interesting about the league this season is that you know you're looking at that where teams are jumping up three and four positions based off of uh, certain results that they have in games. Um, you know, St Johnston win there, they go up to the top six. They might lose Tuesday and end up back, you know, ninth place, which yeah. is going to make for an exciting league. It's just a shame that you know we're not going to see too much of it on TV. It's not going to get broadcasted, and what's going to be one of the most exciting races for the top six that we've probably ever had, but. Yeah, St Johnson probably definitely going to be right up there, but I guess we'll move on to talk about um, who who would you like to talk about next, Tommy? Oh, let's go Celtic Dundee United. Celtic Dundee United four two to Celtic. It could have been a wee bit squeaky for them as well. I actually seen somebody on Twitter um, speaking. Obviously, the day before um, the Rangers game, they were saying that with if Rangers were in the position that Celtic were that. Rangers would have drew that game to each rather than, you know, getting those two final goals to win 4-2. Is that the kind of difference that we're going to see from Celtic this season that's just going to make them so much more clinical, even if they're having a wee bit of an off day or things are seeming against them? They just always pull through no matter what. Yeah, I mean, who was it earlier in the season? That, uh, it might have been St Johnston, actually, where they equalised. In the 96 minute. Yeah, yeah, and Celtic still go on to win the game. That's just kind of... Uh, you know, Celtic fans and Ange will tell you it's that, you know, we'll never stop thing. Uh, <laughs> I've actually got a funny story about that. I don't know if I've showed any of you guys this, but so I was in Prague in the summer there, and uh, this is this is really, but whilst they, so it was like five hours away for like a music festival and that, so whilst they, three of my pals were like sitting and hung over in the, the Airbnb, me and my pal John went out uh, and we were just like storing about random shops and that. So we ended up uh, appearing at this big massive like Hanley's uh, toy store. And we were like, oh, I've got to go in. And for some reason, they had a big, massive, like, shoot. And we were like, oh, we're absolute big wings. We've certainly got to go down this. Go on the shoot. Yeah. So we get to, like, the shoot, and all you see is, like, just random, like, stickers on it. So there's just, like, random, like, cartoon stuff and all of that. And then all of a sudden, I can show you this afterwards, all of a sudden there's a sticker, and it's Ange Foster Cogley, <laughs> and it says, we never stop on it. And it's the last place on earth I ever thought I would have ran- seen that. Um, and it must have been very recently known. Um, so I just happened to be going to record myself going down a shoot in this random store and found some comedy gold in there as well. But yeah, sorry, sorry to interrupt you there. No, that's alright. I enjoyed that. Um, so yeah, Celtic at the moment just seemed to kind of have a superior mentality. Um, I don't think when it went to two two, I don't think there was many people that were surprised that Celtic came back and scored the other ones. I guess again, there's another. Uh, Handball controversy in this game. Uh, I think it was Burnaby that gave it away. Um, I don't know what you guys think of that, but there's nothing he can really do there. Like He's jumped up. People go on about unnatural positions, but when you're jumping in the air, 
you can't jump with your hands down like what's that, unnatural yeah, in there exactly yeah. so I think was it not like, behind him as well uh, yeah he wasn't even yeah, looking the ball it went was, past him and then his arm was back hand, yeah. yeah which the, was the, out but. the whole rule with the handball just needs looked at like as soon as possible because it's really ruining the game because yeah. Yeah. Have you, I don't know if you, have you guys ever played FIFA when you had like handballs on handballs on on career yeah. mode and, and you literally yeah. just cross it in and it just hits something barely yeah. that's what seems what's happening right now and it's it's ridiculous and you're looking at games like this like I think that's three weeks in a row we've had VAR and there's a good couple of handball thingies every single time and like there's, there's no there's no point saving it to change it for next season just do uh, it now yeah. just, just get get the rule book out and you have to adjust things it's just so silly though because there's no I don't know like what the referees are being instructed to do with it though, because there's no nuance for it. There's no context being used. They're just sort of looking at being like, oh, his arms like slightly out. Oh, that means he's deliberately moved his hand out towards it, or it's an unnatural position or whatever. And it's just it's always going to be a bit subjective though. Ah, just... I don't think they can make it an objective rule, but they can definitely highlight what needs to be. Yeah, football's uh, a subjective sport. It is a subjective that's why sport. VAR doesn't work. Well, well this is this is, this is what's happened though. Of it. As you get, so Postecoglou's came out and said about the handball thing, but he was quiet about the one that they got against Livingston like the week before. Of course, yeah. So it's like you've got to, if we're going to you know tackle this, we can't just be like fine for it when it's your team and gets it and then. Not that's so never going to happen. You know exactly. that won't that won't happen. But that's the thing. This, but this is what Celtic fans have been doing on Twitter. They've been you know, going through it and you know saying about how you know it's completely against them, but you know. When it goes in their favour, they're more than happy yeah. to take it. So that's just part and parcel of being a fan yeah, of football, exactly. to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that clarity needs um, changed up already. But you know, speaking of somebody, speaking of handballs, I think there's uh, somebody in the Dundee United team who you know could maybe do with you know a wee bit of practice at handballs, and that seems to be <laughs> the keeper Berigetti. This guy is giving Joel Pereira a run for his money. Let's steady on. Let's steady on with Joel Pereira. I don't know. Well, the season's young. The season (laughs) is still very young. Who knows what can happen. Joel Pereira was a massive reason as to why Hearts got relegated that season, as well as, you know, COVID and getting cancelled early. Could we be seeing a similar thing happening with Birgitti and Dundee United? Potentially. I was quite surprised to see him back in because what was it he was dropped sort of after the beginning of the season for a couple of weeks and they came back three weeks ago like how bad must that other guy be if he's been dropped in place for him as well Um, aye just I think if well Dundee United I think they probably they'll be there or thereabouts going down and one of the main reasons for that will be that Birgitte Um, he's just I think you described him earlier as Papa Dom Hams (laughs) spot on Um, Aye, especially that one. Can't remember what number it was. The second uh, one, the hack Yeah, aye. just it's just so feeble. It's like yeah. you can just he could like the shot's probably going that slow. If he gets like a strong enough hand to it, he just stops the ball. He seemed like he could get down to it. He yeah, could actually yeah. just yeah. I don't know. Is it maybe just an example of you know a goalkeeper is just absolutely just shot for confidence? Same, but Dundee United are such a strange side. I think I don't know if you guys do. You guys watch the view from the terrace show on a Friday. Yeah, yeah, I see. If you I think they were the talking about that because you know, they were going through the, you know the signings that they made, like so the McGrath lecture and all of that. But they're saying, you know, these are all good parts of like the puzzle and that. But like if you don't have you know in the right places everything else, then it's like meaningless. And it does seem to be kind of going that way. Yeah, I guess you know four two loss against Celtic. You know when there's two late goals that have kind of won it. Maybe it doesn't seem that bad, but. You can't keep on affording to make mistakes like these. You can't keep on giving up, you know, stupid goals um, like they are doing. So and you know, expect to stay in the league. You know, they seem to have like a wee bit of a revival um, with a couple of decent victories over, you know, like Aberdeen and Hibs. But 
I think it slowly seems as if they're going back into it. But I guess their season also isn't going to be defined on you know games that they're playing at Parkhead against Celtic. So no. maybe a wee bit more leniency. But yeah, there's persistent issues is probably more the issue for them. Um, but yeah, for Celtic again, we've seen you know we keep on going on about. Uh, that squad depth, you know, they came on, I think they started the game, Haxabanovic gets two, you see Abada coming on, he steals the winner, Kyogo's there, Jakimakis plays his part. Um, yeah, they're just... The depth is unbelievable. There's no stopping them, is no. there? They can bring on a whole new front three and that they'll all get a goal. Yeah, you know. either front three wins a league title. Yeah, they, probably, they, can, yeah. they could play whatever three they wanted each week and they, they would still win the league title, so that's their biggest thing. But Tony Watt's not looking too clever now. For uh, heading over to Dundee United, he's mm. it's look it's looking like a bad a bad decision for him, and he, it didn't go down in the best. But but that's really either. strange as well because like you look at you look at that following that AZ Alkmaar game, mm. and you'd be saying the absolute opposite. You'd be like, oh, like things are only going up from there, um, and yet you know look where it is now. Um, but how quickly things can change. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad that his uh, red card was rescinded because you know we were talking about that game last week and how bad a VAR decision that yeah. was. Is that just kind of how laughable it is in Scottish football the, that VAR's <laughs> been in for two weeks and we've already had a decision overturned? It's the fact we can the referee can see it, VAR can see it, and then the referee can have a look at it on VAR, make the decision, and then a week later we go, oh, actually, that wasn't, <laughs> that, that wasn't right correct. Decision. Sorry, guys. How can we look at it three times? How can we have professionals so, looking at that? But, so like, what happens with like the VAR referee in that instance then? Do they get, do they get punted off like, the next week or what? Because... How can you how can you stand by a referee again who's you know had like the full thing in front of them or is it yeah. this subjectivity? There's just so much. And it's been confirmed to be wrong. Yeah. Like it, it's crazy to me. I I, I I gave my pains on VAR last week. I don't want to go into it too much again this week because I will just but annoy this is what, myself. This is, but this is what it's going to be now. I know. There's, it's just it's the, it's the main talking it's the point. point. It shouldn't be. It should be the football. We just exactly. had a weekend where every team scored a goal. There was 36 goals scored over six fixtures. That's an unbelievable mm. top top flight return. And we're still talking about things that are happening with VAR, so that's what that's the thing I hate about it because I think football's the most important part of it. So, but it's just one of those things. Yeah, and sadly that doesn't continue if we go on and speak about you know the Aberdeen Hibs game as yeah. we have uh, you know, a couple of disappointed Hibs fans here. I would say four-one um, loss away to uh, Aberdeen at Pitordry. Is the first goal the penalty that gets given? Is that? Aye, that that was the first one. Yeah, right yeah. then, the first half. The the dive. So again, like you're looking at that, and I know obviously you know going into the second half and that like Hibs still have like plenty of time to like turn things around, but like it does completely change the manner of the game getting a goal like that. Um, it's just not a penalty, is it? No, I don't know how because they looked at it for ages as well. I don't know how they can look at that and come to that conclusion that is a penalty. Um, but yeah, as you say, it completely changed the game. Um, I never seen it. But Hibs, from what I heard, were never seen it. But definitely not a penalty. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've seen the penalty. I've never seen the game. Um, but from what I heard, Hibs were by far the better team, certainly in the first half. So the penalty was that was right before half time. Completely changes the game, and then Aberdeen go on to win quite comfortably. So you go in at half time nil nil. It's a Aye. completely different game. Exactly. It's it's just VR once again causing a problem and being a difference maker in the game when it shouldn't be it should be the football that's talked about but we're going off they've scored that goal confidence is low next thing you know it's 3-0 mm-hmm. I always feel with these kind of games see against like the like the bigger sides in the league and um, whether that be the Old Firm or the two Edinburgh sides or Aberdeen the more that you play well against them um, at their home ground 
the more that that you know big support's going to go against them. And you see, for example, there, if Hibs are playing better in the first half, that continues in the second. But they get that goal, it can maintains everything. They can then go on the counter and spring attacks that way. Um, it puts it into their favour essentially. But I guess you know, obviously, we've mentioned that there. Hibs still need to defend a lot better for the goals that they conceded. Um, I think what a couple of corners, and then obviously the third one where it's quite. It's just pedestrian defending, you know, I think there's a lot of static bodies and I think that's something that, you know, we hadn't really seen from Hibs in kind of recent weeks. Um, but, you know, is that a concern for you guys that, you know, something so easily like that can just slip back into the defence? Well, that's the thing, you know, it's 1-0 at half-time, right, it probably shouldn't be 1-0, but it's still a very saveable scoreline. Yeah. Like, you know, 1-0 isn't the end of the world, but the way they kind of collapse second half is just, like, quite worrying. Uh it's a mentality thing, I think. Like it's just like a soft underbelly. Things go against them and they can't really seem to you know, shake it it's off. It's been like that for years, though. Because yeah. when, when Neil Lennon came in, that was the first thing he said, that he's always thought of Hibs as like this boy band club. They're mm. a soft touch, this, that. If anything goes against them, they just collapse. And that all, it seems to be the case all the time. Defensive issues, they're always... Even the St. Johnson game a few weeks ago, Kyle McGuinness got sent off. That was the turning point in the game, but... The goals we conceded were set pieces. There's no backbone after that red card from exactly. Kyle McGuinness. Is yeah, there yeah. a reason as to like why that's kind of like? So obviously, there's been plenty of managers like have came through like Hibson over the years and that as well. Is there? I don't know. Is there potentially a demand of the way that Hibs fans want their team to play that maybe influences the the way that they do things? Or um, you know, do you really need perhaps like a manager to come in who is just just a bit of a shithouse in all honesty it just know, makes you like, like a 1-0 to the Hibs kind of thing like is that something well, that's I think desperately needed that's the Hibs way is quote unquote that's what the fans want the Hibs way this attacking football that was apparently about in the 50s with the famous five it's, I mean we've not seen that for ages Jack Ross was one of them the football was dreadful but he was getting results we got our highest league position in 15 years not advocating for Jack Ross to come back but we have had that just like a manager who just up until sort of the latter parts of his time was just getting grinding out results weren't necessarily playing well um, but I think certainly the the Hibs sort of way is entertaining football results second but obviously results are the main thing you guys thing, is, so that, is that an important thing like for you is to have good football like is that I feel like for some big sides that they kind of go hand in hand rather than, you know, the results is the preference. Like, speaking as a Livingston fan, results is, pff, I couldn't care less about how we played. We could mm. we could score from a long <clears throat> throw-in coming in and an own goal being scored and I would not care if that was the only like, effort that we had in the entire game. Is that something that you guys feel yourselves or is it more of like a... I think so. I mean, I think some people care about it more than others, but... I think that is a thing. You can't go out to the football every week and be bored, you know. Mm. Uh, football is kind of entertainment. It's an entertainment business. Uh, I get what you're saying. I, I can agree with you, Angus. Actually, I, you know, as long as your team's winning, it doesn't really matter. I think it's maybe more about personal preference. Yeah, but also there's a sustainability thing as well. Like, yeah. you watch your team play crap for three weeks in a row, but they scrape 2-1. You're like, are we actually good or are we just getting <laughs> lucky? And well, this luck, when the luck runs out and the results don't come, all you're left with is crap football. And you crap can play results. well and lose, but it's all right because you're playing well. If you're winning and you're not great, then something's going to crumble at one point. Well, that's you, the thing. Some yeah. people look at teams that are winning and not playing good and go, "Oh, that's a sign of a good team because they're they're winning even when they're not playing good." But yeah. I don't think that's the case. I think that's just a sign of a team that's 
probably riding their luck a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and, and it will, yeah, will it runs out. You look at it, even in England, like Antonio Conte with Tottenham, mm. his football's not good. Perfect it's example. not good to watch, but the results are there. But recently, last month or so, the results haven't been there, and all you're left with is just fans booing at half time. They start to come up against these better sides, like yeah. Liverpool. Like yeah, Man United a few weeks ago as well. So you've, you've not got half. good football or good results, and you're just... Yeah. It's just kind of dead and soulless. I, I think it's maybe a personal choice thing about... Obviously, I'm a Hearts fan, but I, I really love football. Like, I love football. So watching good football is, like, just what I want to see. Like, uh, if we win 2-0 and we've not played great, then I'm not going away thinking, oh, that was absolutely awful. It is a results business, but I'd much rather see us win 1-0 and we've played amazing all game. That's just, but it's just a personal opinion. I think it depends who you support as well, because obviously... Do you really care? Do you know what I mean? You'd yeah. rather just like considering we were like seven years ago playing like Strutnar and stuff like yeah, that. Like yeah. going um, away to Ibrox, getting exactly. a one all now. This, this ride that we're on at the moment, like I don't care. Yeah. Like because I've been I've been yeah. to the depths. But, but you need <laughs> I don't want to go back. You need context as well, though. Like the expectations yeah, of yeah. clubs is like mass. Like so that that would be obviously you know Livingston. Probably a team with like the less pressure on us in the league, obviously because we're the smallest club in the division. So we don't have that kind of expectation. Everybody, you know, kind of just kind of looks at us, even though we've proven like over the years like we're a decent enough side. Nobody really takes us as you know anything much more than you know just just Livingston. But for you, obviously being you know bigger sides of the division, that's probably one of the things that is going to uh, end up coming back for you. But obviously going back to like the Aberdeen game in there as well. Aberdeen are just such a strange side this season with, you know, that's another like massive result at home, but, you know, the way performances don't entirely match it, and I really hope that's the case as they play us on Tuesday night. But, yeah, Aberdeen continue to press. I think the strange thing for me as well is that Jim Goodwin's, you know, got a touchline ban, and he's <laughs> basically just hovering over the like the front row of like the stands. I think that's a bit of a strange one. I think that maybe that should be getting linked into, but because he is basically still in he's on distance of managing. He's not physically on it, down, but yeah. he's talking to the. But if he's not, if he's in the stands, that what's the rule? If he is in the stands, yeah. he's in the stands. Yeah, they, yeah but I've never seen it, that. It's before, a touchline like, band, it's literally just yeah. You, know, you just can't be in the touchline. Ask like you just can sit right next to like this yeah. row, row eighty or something. I don't know like if it can be investigated. I don't because he's he's not as he broke a rule. I don't know. Is that him cheating? Is that are we going to get Ryan Port just coming out and saying yeah, flopping it around? Yeah, I don't know. I'm not too sure. That would be interesting to see, but yeah. Obviously, yeah, we had the quiz last week as well, Tommy. You know, your, your man Leighton Clarkson, yeah. uh, finally getting that third goal this season. Well, see, I knew he'd score this week, <laughs> so that's why I said, and I kind of got mixed up. No, yeah, uh, that was a good goal as well. Nice wee back heel, but um, yeah, it's, it's, if only that quiz was today. I've got to do something else from the something else to do with Aberdeen that I wanted to bring up. Do you, do you guys see anything by any chance about a person who was talking about their? Somebody in England was saying who their preferred like Man City starting lineup would be. Did anyone know about this? Uh, oh, on Twitter, yeah, I'm yeah, Lewis yeah, yeah, is at right back. So see oh, how, yeah. <laughs> so how, like they can do like the things where you can like make up like a start and all of it. Yeah, and I'm not sure who, who like the right back that they were trying to find was. Is, but that, is that Rico? It was Rico Lewis, seven, seventeen year old okay. guy. Yeah, this yeah. Man City boy. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, obviously they're looking at you've got Ederson there, you've got Cancelo, you've got Diaz, Laporte, whoever, and then suddenly you know. <laughs> Vice <laughs> captain, you know what, thirty-eight-year-old Joe Lewis is uh, starting right back end because early on in the day on Twitter, actually, I seen a Photoshop and it was Pep speaking to 
a Man City player who had Joe Lewis's head like photoshopped on him, and I've never been so confused <laughs> in my life. I was like, why on earth? What have I, what have I missed? Like, was it realistic? Did it look? Perfect? It looks really real. I was like, I was like, is that is that just somebody who really looks like him or? Or like, is he just is he just randomly pulled out to be like some incredible right back over the last couple of weeks since getting dropped for a for a roost? But yeah, I thought that was a that was quite a strange one. Um, those kind of things are fun to come across as well. Just you know, Scottish people will take that that extra mile. But um, following games, yeah, Kyle may as well come to you for you know the last game of the weekend between Hearts and Motherwell. Um, thoughts on that one? Yeah, it's good to pick another three points. I think obviously the European campaign finished now. And we're sitting in fourth place with a game in hand. Loads and loads of injuries over the last few weeks. The fact that we're sat where we are is probably quite positive. I don't think we can really complain too much. Um, red card on George Grant. I was going to say that the the red card on George Grant is probably going to add to your your list of a your of woes of players missing. Yeah, it's midfielders. Especially. However, looking at the foul, I don't see that as being a red no. card. And you know, it could easily we could easily have Tony two o- weeks yeah. of. You know, VAR decisions being overturned, which is even more embarrassing. But we'll, we'll stray away from that and we'll continue yeah. talking about, um, you know, the actual football. Some actually nice stuff. And, you know, uh, we got the match report from Aaron Fraser today. And, you know, he referred to Andy Halliday as being, like, Rudy Scatchel. Yeah. Um, is, that, is that a fair um, comparison? He's not hit those heights just yet. <laughs> but he's on his way. He's on his way. Especially with his new chant as well. He's been getting the, the praise from the Hearts fans. He's Do you want to give us a little... Hey. Oh yeah, shit. No, we all know it, Robbie Williams. But um, <laughs> no, he, he's he's probably our biggest goal threat at the minute, unless it's Shanklin from the penalty spot. Obviously, <laughs> another one from him as well. Um, but to get a win when you've got ten men is just—I think you can just say brilliant. That that's the best you can do to, if you've got a man down for the amount of time we did as well. Obviously, without a goal even coming before the red card, taking us obviously crumbled a bit, getting it back to two all. But we managed to get that third goal, so take it all day long. Yeah, is penalty hearts becoming the new penalty rangers? Um, listen, when the decisions go your way, there's nothing you can do about it. We don't we don't ask for the penalties. We're getting taken down. We're the ha- it's hitting hands in the box. There's nothing you can do about that. So, <laughs> well, yeah, um, Muller will come into this as well. I think they'll be massively disappointed. You know how much how long the game was. Um, you know with them having that advantage and not properly capitalising on it. Um, I think as well there's maybe a wee bit of contention as to where Craig Gordon stays on. You know, mm. he was booked for the protest for the red card, which to be fair I think is understandable. But then the penalty that he gives away, um quite a quite a couple of rash decisions from Craig Gordon in recent weeks. Is this yeah. something that not only Hearts fans should be worried about, but you know, as a Scotland fans, should we be concerned about this sudden Russian like um, well It's Russian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, I th- Probably, but I mean, I think we all knew it was going to happen one day, but just didn't. No one. He really, is like thirty. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No one really wanted to think. It just seems about weird that he suddenly decided to become this sweeper keeper who was just taking bodies out. Of oh, Joe, Joe Lewis is becoming a right back, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he wants to kind of doesn't want to get upstaged. Yeah, no, he's a wee bit not as confident as he was last year. Obviously, last year and the year before, he was unbelievable. He had to see the saves he was making to believe them. Um just maybe a wee sort of confidence drop. I think another, I, I keep saying the World Cup's going to be good for so many things. A World Cup break for somebody who's maybe not in the best confidence is probably a good thing as well. Just get a wee four weeks out of the limelight and come back into things probably do them a bit of good as well. Yeah. And, yeah, for Hearts, you know, getting back into that fourth place with, you know, all those injuries. Um, you know, you obviously see Hearts fans are always strange relationship with the club, especially Robbie Nielsen himself. Does this... 
well, this buying him some credit for you know making it through this kind of tough schedule and you know still maintaining that kind of touching distance to you know third place. Probably, yeah. One of my mates is a big Hearts fan, and he was Nielsen out like I don't know three weeks ago, but now it's all <laughs> gone quiet on that. So. Like the um, Paris even like lost too many games in the league. No, I I, I don't really understand yeah. Nielsen now to be honest. But I think it's because uh, he let Hibs win the Scottish Cup in twenty sixteen. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, never, never forgiven him for that. <laughs> um, no, it got to it was the back end of last year as well. I think a, f- a few weeks ago we were at a stage of we'd won four or five games off the last nineteen or something. It I was know, at that but, stage, mm, but I think you look at it now and you're fourth after. I know playing Thursday Sunday Thursday Sunday. Mm. Every week, game in hand, absolutely. Squad, absolutely. So yeah. many injuries, and yeah, no, I, yeah, I, 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 I we are. I, I think I don't think Nielsen's probably to blame, but we were on maybe a bit of a stage where people were getting a bit pissed off with the way things were going. I wasn't. I was Nielsen in just because what he done last year as well, finishing third. We did. We were miles ahead of the rest of the league, obviously apart from Rangers and Celtic. We we've definitely secured that third spot, and then uh, not a bad campaign in Europe. But I think. Fiorentina and Istanbul they're just a level above us I don't think you can actually really complain about the results that sometimes there is just levels to the game so I think he's made a decent start to the season and now with the break we'll get some players back and we can probably secure that third spot over the next couple of months Yeah I think it'll be the interesting thing is to see how you just kind of kick on after the winter break but yeah it'll be interesting to see you know how that progresses from there um, what, what two two other games left? We'll go. I guess we'll go to my bunch. Uh, Livingston going away to to Ro- uh, to Ross County to Kilmarnock in the the El Plastico, um, the the energy sport derby as I was referring it to. And unfortunately for one Sean McGill, his team um, got pumped. <laughs> <laughs> nah, um, fairly competitive game. You know, for the first half in particular, I would say um, Kilmarnock. I think the biggest issue for Kilmarnock this season is going to be the fact that in open play they don't seem to create it too much. You know, the two goals came from set pieces and that's basically all that they kind of threatened from. For Livingston it was strange for us that we were, you know, so poor at defending set pieces on this occasion. You know, Joe Wright scored two goals, he was on a hat trick in, you know, about forty minutes, which is a terrifying prospect when you've got another half to go and you've been defending so poorly. But for us Bruce Anderson came back, um we're absolute you know Brilliant strike from out uh, from from long range. It's probably the first time that a lovely player's taking a shot from outside the box this season, and you know, see what happens with it. And I think for for us, that's absolutely massive. I mean, Bruce Anderson was our top goal scorer last season with well, I think twelve or thirteen. Uh, considering he missed a couple of months as well. Um, for us, you know, people kind of go on about like Livingston not like attacking too much and that. I think now that Anderson's fit, we're going to see a lot more um, from us in that perspective. There, I think the attacking duo of Nubly and Anderson could be something very, very good to, to maybe watch for the rest of the season. But, um, yeah, going into the second half as well, I think we made a couple of changes. Christian Montano and Omionga came on and, you know, the game just completely turned into our favour. And I think I think that's something that Kilmarnock fans will be very disappointed is that, you know, you always hear it when, like, Livingston beat somebody is that, oh, teams like Livy shouldn't be coming here and, you know, out fighting us or whatnot. But that's exactly what happened. And, is that what's going to be the thing that you know keeps Kilmarnock down, you know, towards the bottom of the season? Is that kind of, I don't know if like a lack of spirit's the right way, but you know that lack of fight that they showed in that second half. I mean, I just wanted to point something out about Kilmarnock. I feel like every week the only players that score goals for them are defenders. Uh, Ash Taylor, how many goals has he got? He's got like three. Joe Wright scored two this game. Yep. Uh, I don't know if they have enough firepower really to. You know, 
you look at it in terms of quality as well. I mean, if you if you got the lineup there, who, I've got who the lineup up front. Uh, Ennis Cameron because I think genuinely Joe Wright touched the ball so much more than him. Yeah. Um, the boy Cameron don't think. I think he got hauled off as well. To be fair, I do think in terms of quality, this probably the worst starting eleven in the league. Uh, yeah, I, I think so. I think that's probably fair. To be fair, yeah. um, I mean, looking at Ross County, I think there's a couple more exciting players. I think to be fair for Kilmarnock, they've got Jordan Jones and Danny Armstrong who are on the wings. They're both quick players, but see if you kind of stifle them out. I don't think that they've got an awful lot. You look at that midfield: McKenzie, Power. Uh, I'm not too sure. Donnelly. Donnelly. Yeah, they're they're all kind of just kind of like weak combative players. They're not really. Go to kind of spring any attacks or not going to progress the ball too too far forward. The boy Alabiuso uh, on the wing looks not too bad. Um, but yeah, are Kilmarnock one of the favourites to go down, guys? I'd say so. I'd yeah. say they're up there. Them, Dundee United. I know we're saying St Johnson probably would be okay. They'll probably be in the mix or there thereabouts. But I wouldn't be shocked if Dundee United had a bit of a revival and Kelly did go down. Or do you think people are maybe over like underestimating the the power of Derek McInnes in this case, or do you think with you know the squad that he has at this moment, it's going to be very hard for even him to get you know the best out of his team? Um, yeah, I would say so. I think just he had a good squad at Aberdeen, and that's how he was sort of so consistent with never played very well, but always got the results. I think it's a bit different with Kilmarnock now. Um, yeah, he is kind of known for that, just grinding out results. But so far, he's kind of struggled. Um, and yeah, I think, as Kyle said, wouldn't be surprised to see Dungeon United eventually, whenever that may be, sort of kick into gear and push on a wee bit. But um, yeah, I think Kelly will be later or thereabouts come the end of the season. Well, their next game is away to Dundee United Ooh, um, oh, on the 9th, 7.45 kickoff. So yeah, that's a big one. I mean, we could be wrong. Kilmarnock could finish. I think that's the first is obviously yeah. the thing because obviously, so they're what joint with Ross County on points, I think, and then three points ahead of Dundee United. They beat Dundee United there and then they go into 15 points, and then they could don't, they're only like four points off of you know the kind of like the top six as well. So everything can like change so quickly, we're not really seeing that proper. I think you know with this World Cup break as well, you know, by the time we get to Christmas, you'd probably see that gap be created. We're not obviously going to have that this year. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how you know the league kind of like kicks on from there. Um, who can maintain their squads from you know playing like mid weekend like the Saturday games as well. So yeah, um, it could be very interesting there. As for for Livy, you know we're giving ourselves a good chance. You know, um, of like going back to the top six. You know we play Aberdeen on Tuesday. If we win, then we go joint with them who are you know Aberdeen are currently sitting third. Um, we're sitting in eighth, which sounds quite mental to say. Um, but yeah, hopefully more for the same for us, and you know we can continue moving up the table. And I guess for like for Livingston every year, um, staying in the league is the main priority, just because of you know the finances that are at play. But um, I think at times you know when you're looking at this, when you're a wee bit more comfortable to kind of kick on in those instances. But I think just the just the one more game to talk about, and you know <laughs> another one, you know with a three two victory. Um, very impressive weekend in Scottish football where you know the only game that didn't have five goals scored in it was the was the Rangers St Johnston one which you know had the massive shock in it so plenty of action and excitement to have um, I think that makes it a wee bit frustrating that you know we've only had one game televised on it when you had two games on the Friday night that could have easily been done so um, a lot of excitement a lot of drama and that happened in this one as well Ross County going up 1-0 I think Simmerin you know would turn it to make it did Simmerin go 2-1 up? Simmerin went 2-1 up yeah yeah and then Ross County would come back and you know get the, the eventual winner in there Um 
a couple of a couple of scrappy goals though, we would say we were watching the highlights before we came back in here um, a couple of goals that were trickling in but they all count as well they all count yeah exactly. uh, Ryan Strain that was a good free kick good free kick and the header from Mark O'Hara as well a decent one um, you know going into I think it was quite a looping header that uh, managed to hit the bar and go in so Submitting as well, I think they've been that kind of team who've earned a lot of credit in here, but I don't think that they've ever, this season, they've properly been, like, beating teams have been playing them off the park. Is this an example of, you know, maybe they've rode their luck a wee bit, maybe we're talking about, like, you know, the kind of, like, styles of football. Is that an example of this year? Yeah, I mean, um, I think I said last week, yeah, they've got the third best form in the league in 2022 behind Rangers and Celtic, so they must be doing something right. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, this game was interesting because, again, last week we talked about Ross County don't score enough goals. And three goals in a game is kind of exactly what they needed. They'd scored seven before this, uh, so obviously now up to ten. I think they needed a result like this. Uh, just something that gives them some hope. Like, three goals in a game gives them that kind of belief. Uh, scrappy goals, but they won't care. Um, yeah, huge win. Takes them three points clear Dundee United at the bottom I believe and their goal difference is better as well uh, now nah, in terms of St Mirren I wouldn't I still I, th- I still think they'll finish top 6 mm-hmm. uh, I still think they're a decent team maybe it's just like a, a little bit of a weak yeah, up they're call for any kind of complacency thing with St Mirren sorry Angus, uh, no, no, no. thing with St Mirren is their away form isn't anywhere near as good as, as their home I think they've lost like 5 of the last 6 away so um, yeah that's something they need to watch out for Seems to be a common theme with most teams this season. I mean, we spoke mm. about Aberdeen just there that you know their home form and away form is completely different. I think Hibs have had similar efforts at times this season as well. Livingston can you can say the same. So it just seems as if like you know the team with the home advantage is you know coming out for the most part is the victor. Um, so you know maybe we're going to see a thing where you know a team who has decent away form is going to separate themselves away from the pack because of that, just because they can avoid getting defeated um, in that way. But yeah, for Ross County, it's a glimmer of hope for them. Yeah, Malky McKay, you know, I think what that'll be their second or third win of the season. Um, yeah, I think you know they're starting to see you know a couple of these loan players like gelling together, and they always rely on you know bringing in like a new squad after like uh, losing quite a lot of players. One of the players who's been there for quite a while, though Jordan White, continued to score the goals, and it's all about getting those players that kind of service. And you know, as we say, scrappy goals and you know goals just trickling in. But you know, sometimes you just need that wee bit of luck and. You know, it seems as if they've you know kind of got that there. Um, but yeah, any final thoughts on Sibirin or Roskini guys? I think Malcolm McKay's a great manager, so I wouldn't worry too much about them. I think they'll they'll, they'll be okay in the end. And then as Tommy said as well, Sibirin really good form throughout the calendar year, so they'll, they'll be all right as well. They, I think they'll get top six. And yeah, Ross County they'll be in a bit of a battle at the bottom, but I've got trust in Malcolm McKay, so they should be okay. Alright, yeah. Um, I think that kind of rounds up our, our thoughts on this. Um, do you guys fancy another quick wee, wee quiz? Do I, I ever? I do I ever? Well, it all depends. What is, is, what, is the, what is the consensus on... Uh, I've not got one for Scottish football. Uh-huh. But what if it was like a similar thing we think, uh, to what we did last week but with the English Premier League? Would that the be goals. A, a goal, so I would say goals. Yeah. People who've scored... I'll go... F- Five or more. How many? Four, four or more. Four, four or more goals in the four Premier or League. Four in English Premier League. Yeah, yeah. Respect. Um, so last week we started with Kyle. So this time we'll go Tommy, then Callum, and then Kyle. You can go third. Um, but yeah, um, I think there's a decent amount here for four. 
there must there's, be, there must there's be a wide right, yeah. spread of players as well that yeah. I think you know we should catch these out if so but okay. yeah Tommy if you'd like to this feels like bullying what I'm about to do right now it feels like cheating <laughs> uh, I'm going to go Haaland yeah. I think I think he's got more <laughs> Uh, sure. he's, he's just he's just scraped four goals uh, with eighteen. <laughs> but um, Harry Kane. Harry Kane, second place, eleven goals this season. Miguel Almiron. Miguel Almiron, eight goals. Yeah, unbelievable player. what he's doing right now. <laughs> like, it's ridiculous. After Jack Grealish gave him a wee bit of a slagging, he's suddenly <laughs> turned into the Paraguayan. He's belly. so good. He's so good. <laughs> it's, uh, quite quite the turnaround because I feel like Newcastle fans are one shot of him, but you know to turn it around in such a fashion is incredible. Yeah, but, yeah, eight goals for him this season. No assists, surprisingly though. It's a bad. I'm struggling already. Um, I am going to go for Roberto Firmino. Roberto Firmino with six goals and three assists. We were just chatting about him earlier. Best in the best Premier League team of 30 years, James Madison. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can tune into that one uh, uh, on what well, will be an impulse rather than it will be, yeah, a, a different so platform. Keep your keep your eyes posted for that one. But yes, James Madison outdoes Robert Firmino, Roberto Firmino with six goals and four assists. Oof. One more, Mo Salah. Mo Salah, six goals and three assists as well. Surprised that having Firmino have got the same. I think that's maybe a wee bit of an underrated season from Firmino here. Yeah. I know Liverpool haven't been in the best of form, but still supplying the numbers. I'm going to go for Alexander Mitrovic. Mitrovic, nine goals, zero assists. Uh, Phil Foden. Phil Foden, six goals, three assists. Quite a few players with that. Well, I say that, but you've mentioned them all, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> Ivan Tony. Ivan Tony, eight goals, two assists. Um, Interesting to see if he'll be in the England squad. Yeah, also a little with the betting accusations. Yeah, a little bit well. going on around mm. him. That's interesting. Yeah. Oh, who am I going to go for? Four more goals. Yeah. Four or more. Yeah. Okay. I am going to go for. Oh, I had someone in mind, but I'm not sure if they've got four. Is it Leighton Clarkson? <laughs> <laughs> He is three. <laughs> I know that for sure now. Um, Song and Song's not got four. He's when does the timer start coming in, Angus? He's going to have to start quite soon. Like. <laughs> We've got the Masters coming in after exactly. this. We've got Lottie's buying Oh, okay. Oh, um, Gabriel Jesus, please. Gabriel Jesus, five goals, five assists. Yeah, okay. He is. Um, Bukayo Saka. Kyle Saka should be here. Yep, four goals and six assists. Cal um, Wilson. Good show. Six goals, two assists. Then our player came off at half time yesterday, but apparently she's got a cold. Sorry, can I just check the league table? No. Just, <laughs> no. just to get a reminder of the teams, no? What do you mean, get a reminder teams? of the teams? <laughs> well, I might be missing a team. Who? Who would you be missing? I don't know. Well, let's say I looked at the league table and I seen Bournemouth and I go, oh. I forgot about Bour- Bournemouth are in league. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, fine. Have it your way, Kyle. <laughs> I will think of. I mean, it's only the biggest league in the world. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, no. He's not got four goals, has he? I'm gonna go Harvey Barnes. Ooh, Harvey Barnes. Five goals. Oh, zero assists. He scored five goals. Yeah, that's yeah, I knew Jesus. Yeah, I knew yeah. That's a. 
Good, a good pull at the back there, Tommy. Thanks. That was Rashford. my late Clarkson for this week. Marcus Rashford. Marcus Rashford. Sure. I, I, I hate Rashford as a player. I really? can't stand him. I love Marcus Rashford. Oh, he's, see if he wasn't quick, he would not be a player. Oh, that's that not is true. My opinion, 100%. No, it's not. He's nowhere near technical he's enough for a to be players. a public man. No, he's technical enough. He's just not brain aware enough. Mm. He's got he's got a great foot on him. Brain His brain's aware. just not great. Yeah. Four goals, two assists for that clown. Rodrigo. Leeds. Oh, you. Yeah. Rodrigo, yeah. Is that the team you're forgetting of? <laughs> Leeds United. <laughs> Remember them now. Seven goals for Rodrigo. Uh, how many players have we got left? Oft. Must have quite a few. One. Ah, there must be loads. Perfect stall. Perfect stall. Eight. 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 Oh, that's not that much. Okay. Eight players out of 20 teams. Shit. Um, I mean, I'll be impressed if you just get one more and then I'm, I'm struggling. Yeah, I'm struggling right now. I think I could maybe name all eight. You could name all eight? Possibly. Oofed. Well, well, we'll see if, if we get to that. Maybe we do. As um, okay. I keep thinking of players, but I'm pretty sure they're like one goal off. It might be worth swinging the leg. It might be worth it. Um, I'm gonna go. This is again pretty left field, but I just have a feeling. Oh no, he's a cess. I'm. Oh, I'm just gonna go for it. I'm. I've lost, but I'm gonna go Andreas Pereira for film. I think he's got quite a. He's got two or three, but I don't think he's got four. But I couldn't think of anyone else. I don't think he's there. Andreas Pereira. Two goals, yeah. four assists. Oh, four Tommy assists. crashes out in third place for the second week run. Well, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> well, <it could> be, <laughs> we can all crash out in third place. That <laughs> was maybe a name I've got. Wilfred Zaha. Oh, Wilfred oh, Zaha. My fantasy team doesn't do it. Yeah. Six goals and two assists. It's because you didn't let me look at the league table. <laughs> Martin Odegaard got four. Oh, that's dodgy, Kyle. He does indeed. Oh. Yeah. Four goals and two assists. <laughs> Your beauty. Calm. So we're six back left, Calm. Six. Yeah. Uh, ooh, I don't know. My English football knowledge is not here. And to be uh, fair, I'm glad that I'm sitting on this side of this because I would not be good at this at all. Um, trying to think of players, first and foremost. Do you want, do you want to see the league table? Whoa! <laughs> There's no way I'm allowing that. <laughs> What's um, the boy with the Scottish name, but he's like Argentinian? Alex McCallum. <laughs> I'll take him. No way. I mean, am I allowed to allow that? Yeah, he, he I, thought of him. Yeah. I but he didn't think of the name. No, I'll let him have it. You give it back to me and I go back. I don't oh, think Alex, he's got yeah. four. Alex McAllister does have four goals. Does it? <laughs> so <laughs> if we're if you're allowing him to have the answer, then fair enough. Right, well, he's also just helped me out. Leandro Trossard. Leandro Trossard. He was the one, he was, so he's basically got like everybody who's like the top ten essentially, apart yeah. from him. So he's got seven goals this season. Yeah. We've got what, four left? Oh, one, two. I think I probably could. Four left, yeah. I'll give way. You'll you give way in the kill under the clock. I know, I guess. Pascal Gross. Pascal Gross, yep. With five goals and two assists. Ooh, I don't think he's on here. I, no, he's, I was going to say... See how that confidence just disappeared. I was gonna, since he's won, can I... I've got three to go. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. If you, I was going to say Ryan Sterling, but I don't think he's got four. Ryan Sterling no. does not. No. Any, any other thoughts with the other ones there? Kevin De Bruyne? Nope. 
Serious? They were in three goals, nine assists. Nine assists. Nine assists. Odson Edward? <laughs> nope. So we have an Arsenal player. I'll be Martinelli. Granit Xhaka. Martinelli. Oh, we have a, a Bournemouth player. That'll Kiefer be Moore. Dominic Solanke. Nope. Kiefer Moore? Nope. Philip Billy? Yes. Yeah, oh. oh, bloody hell. And then we have a Wolves player. Wolves have scored four no goals. Dan- Dan- own goal. <laughs> Daniel Pedence. Nope. I'm assuming that he is a, oh, Ruben Neves. a set-piece thing. Ruben yeah, Neves, Ruben yeah. Neves. I imagine it's for penalties and whatnot. But That's yeah. two weeks See in a row. to the league table there. Yeah, <laughs> two weeks oh, in a row I've taken the crown there. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah a lot of those players like Solanke on three, Granit Xhaka on three, Edward yep. on three. And you've got like, so like Darwin Nunes, Son, Che Adams, like a whole a massive amount on three goals to be fair. Like, that's why I cut it down to four because yep. we'd have been here all day. Yep. Um, but yeah, congratulations Kyle again. Thank um, you very much. We'll give myself a round of applause. Yeah, yeah, give yourself one. Yeah, yeah. I'm not giving you one. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's nicely reaching, you know, like 56 minutes, so we can probably call that off there. Another, another good time, you know, Skyping the magazine module. Yeah. I think I'll head home now, yeah, to be honest. Think, That's yeah. been enough for me for a morning. I'll pick up my third roll of the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Greg's on the way back. Yeah. Yeah. Tremendous. Um, but yeah, um, thanks very much you guys for, for coming on. I hope you've uh, enjoyed this podcast and I hope uh, everybody listening has enjoyed listening to it. Um, you can find all of our other podcasts on energysport.com um, and make sure also to listen to Energy Radio. Tommy, obviously that's your show tomorrow. Any clumps of what's going to be talked about? I have no clue. You have no idea. Tune in, guys. It's going to be amazing. Are you just not doing something about obscure sports? We are doing something about obscure sports, but um, I'm not sure what the lineup's going to be because Callum Watt is... Unlikely. Well, yeah, unlikely I'll be here. I'm the only one that's done every show so far, so I deserve a wee break. Yeah, okay, fair. I think think Macaulay will be here. Okay, yeah, so it'll be me, Callum Macaulay, and Callum Moulton at five o'clock tomorrow. On RadioEnergy.net? Yes. Net. Yes. Net. Perfect. Cool. So yeah, make sure to tune in that and make sure to come back next week to listen to us talk more about Scottish football. It's probably going to be the last football roundup on Scottish football mm. for a wee while. Yep. We'll probably move on. What to are we going to do? World Cup roundup. We're going to do some World Cup stuff. Oh, yeah. that's um, good. Which will be which will be nice. Um, we'll have to. Players. I think you know maybe in partic- uh, we'll have to think of like teams to support and that can be you know our allegiances try and keep it yeah. as different as possible yeah I'm not for that get a wee sweepstakes and that going some fun juvenile stuff to to make the World Cup as fun as it should be and um, whilst it's in this disgusting <laughs> state that um, you know it's been held in so somebody um, should write an article somebody on that should write somebody should write a that. corruption um, article <laughs> that would be that would be a very good piece but um it may get, it may get, sh- it may get shelved. You never know who's in charge. You never know who's in charge. <laughs> you never know what can happen. But <laughs> yeah, um, thanks again very much for listening, guys. And until next time, we'll see you then. Thank you.